0: So The message will come from you, Father, and we pray that us listening will be able to take in what is being uh, taught and be able to apply it to our lives, Father. And we pray that if we have any questions, that we have the boldness to to come forward and ask. And we pray that whatever we have troubles with, we may find the answer in Your words Father. Please, in jesus name, Amen. Amen. Good evening, all my lovely viewers. Yeah, once again, I'm your brother Paul, uh, coming to you live on Benyaps and also on my own Facebook page. That is Paul Offen Preaching and Paul Offen Teaching. Also, some of you, I believe, are watching me from YouTube and uh, 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 podcast also. Today is another Lord's Day, and as I always do on every Sunday evening, I'm presenting the Word of God to you. I hope you are okay. You're doing fine. We are also doing well. Tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Come home. Oh, sinner, come home. And this is the song that we have just sung. It's a beautiful song. And it is a song that is calling us to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're going to end our lesson with a title, Why Do People Suffer If God Is Still Alive? And this one will be the uh, the last part, which is the part three. And, uh, God's willing, by next week, we will take another lesson. So, trying to also follow me next week so that we can share another one from the Word of God. Why do people suffer if God is still alive? We hear this question being asked all the time by especially those who... Uh, Do you know not Christ? The atheists also ask this question to ridicule us. That is why we try to find the answers to this. And we have known from uh, the last three weeks that when God created this universe, this beautiful universe, there was no suffering, there was no death, there was no uh, uh, problems as we see today. But we find out that all these things started in the Garden of Eden when man made a choice which was not suitable. And the choice that the man made have brought about all these problems that we encounter today. And Job chapter 14 verse 1 says, Because of that, man, born of a woman, has a few days on earth but full of troubles, full of problems. So, last week we are trying to find out why these problems come. The problem we are facing now is this the problem from Adam and Eve or is our own problem? We find out and we saw that some of the problems, challenges, and the suffering we have today may be because of what our ancestors planted, what a past generation did, can also affect us today. And then, point number two, we also find out that. Some of the problems we encounter today, some of the suffering, is by our own doing, the things that we do. Because according to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the scripture tells us that whatever you plant, the same you reap. So there are so many things we do today that you know bring us this problem. And then we find out that some of the problems are also... Uh, what they call it natural okay the way the nature is if you don't go by the rules and the laws of the nature you're going to find yourself in problems or in trouble and then we find out that some of them too is brought by the politicians those who are leading us some countries are not poor as we think and i use ghana as an example because that's where i come from And I know the natural resources that Ghana has, we have in abundance. We have gold, cocoa, timber, bauxite, name it, aluminium, name it, we have salt, name it, all the vegetations in the world, maybe I can say, we have them. But why is a country like that? It's because we don't have good people to steer the affairs of the country. And sometimes we have the good people, but the people themselves are so corrupt that, Things are not working well uh, for us. And it's not only uh, 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 in Ghana, but so many countries, the people are suffering because those in charge are not doing a good job. You see, so suffering can also come as a result or because of your faith. But we find out that these days we don't encounter many problems as a result of our faith. Uh, but sometimes it's because we are meddling in polities and in so many things and brings this kind of trouble to ourselves and then we blame it on because we are you know preaching christ or something like that and that is not if you are saying that you are suffered because of christ we look at the you know the first century christians where people were being tortured were being killed put in the animal's uh, then, for lions to devour, and a lot of things that they did uh, you know against these Christians. and that is what we said now they die because of their faith. but today God be so good, that kind of you know uh, torture and atrocities that made against these people are no more. What we meet because of our faith is just minimal things that we can you know control. Uh, you can't get job to do because the employer want to take opportunity uh, advantage of you. so if you don't give yourself to uh, him, you're not going to employ you. These are some of the things, but it's not beyond our control. Now, tonight, after summarizing this, so I, I, I will also advise that if you have not watched part one and two, please try to do so. Go to YouTube or go to uh, Facebook. Uh, if you go to my page, which is Paul Offen Teachings, it's there. If you go to Ben Yabs, it's also there. Now, in this last part, we are going to find solution to when suffering, people suffer. What should we do? Do we have any promise of you know uh, uh, from Jesus Christ saying that if uh, we encounter these problems, he's there to take them away? Uh, for us or what this is what we're going to look at tonight now now that we know that suffering has become part of our life because of the choice man made uh, uh, in the garden of wedding then the question we ask ourselves is why do we suffer and why do we have this kind of you know uh, problems that we do uh, have now we know and question we must ask ourselves is how are we going to deal with this problem now before I answer that I want you to understand that there is nothing beyond God there is nothing that God cannot do right scripture says with God all things are possible Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 he's still powerful and he can't do Everything that we, you know, present to Him. But the question is Has God promised anyone to take away the problems that are suffering uh, from Him on this earth? That's what we have to ask. Not that God cannot do, God can do everything. But the question we must ask is Has He promised us that He's going to take away our suffering? Now, you see, more than half probably from 50 to 80 percent of all those who practice Christian religion do so with the hope that their problems in this world will be solved if they follow Jesus Christ. So look at, you know, those who profess Christianity in the Christian world, especially the Pentecostals and the Charismatics. You understand? You see that the aim of most of them, probably not all, but most of them is that Uh, they are following Jesus because Jesus has promised them that they, uh, I mean, if you have problems, they will take them away. So most of them are worshipping Jesus because they have problems, but they are not worshipping Christ because they think that uh, they need salvation. So they have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, worship God so that they can have their salvation. Now, they have this long belief because of the false impression created by many so-called men of God who use the pulpit to preach nothing but easy life to their members, that if they follow Jesus Christ, they are going to be free from all trouble. But is this what Jesus promised? Is this the reason why Jesus came? Now, yes, there is suffering. But have we been promised that if we become Christians, all this sufferings will be gone? Is that what Jesus teaches? Do we have that in the scriptures? Now, why are people believing that if they follow Jesus, their problems will be gone? Their problems will be solved. One, people have misunderstood the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth. They have misunderstood that. Do you know the scripture said Jesus came to seek and also to save the lost in sin. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. But he did not come to take away our sufferings and our problems. Maybe you say, you ask, "Ah, Brother Paul, what are you talking about? That is exactly so. Jesus did not come because of our sufferings and our problems. He came so that you can be saved from your sins. So that uh, 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 when we leave from this life, you can have eternal life. That is the reason why Jesus Christ came. Because as for suffering... And, you know, the problems we have, it is because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And these are going to stay with mankind. As long as we live on this planet, these problems are not going to go away. And that is not why Jesus Christ came. But that is what so many people have in mind. You see, and sometimes people look at the miracles in the Bible be it what the, the one that Jesus Christ performed or the apostles, and then they say, oh, you see, Jesus was able to cure the sick, was able to raise the dead, was able, so uh, let me go and all my problems will be gone. Now, let me tell you, the miracles that Jesus and his apostles performed were only to confirm the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ and also to back the disciples with the message they were to send across. Now, if you read Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 20, right? The apostles were sent by Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I'm sending you. And I want these miracles, these signs to back you. So that when you go, this will confirm the word. Now, that time, there was no Bible that the apostles were carrying or the disciples were carrying a cross so if they came to you and you know told you about uh, jesus christ who has come into the world you ask who is jesus christ and what is the proof you understand but if you saw them raising dead then you see that mm, this is wonderful. This is supernatural. It has not happened before. So, you give your attention to the apostles because you know that they are not ordinary people. What they carry is something that's beyond, you know, man's imagination. So, this is the way Jesus, you know, performed this miracle to bring attention to himself, to bring attention to the apostles so that people can hear the message. So that these miracles were not the sole aim of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the miracles were for a short while. It were for a short time being. You understand? It wasn't to continue until today as people are claiming. Now today we don't have those miracles. Because the gospel have gone through all the world. All over the world. Just that people don't want to believe it. Not that they have not heard the name Jesus. They hear it. But they don't believe it. You understand? So, we don't have these miracles. But people looking at the miracles in the Bible and they are thinking that, well, let me go. My problems will be solved. Now, the second uh, point is, most of the scriptures promising relief have been taken out of context. You know, We have so many scriptures in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament where people read them and it just gives them some promising messages. But sometimes people just take these messages out of context because some of these things, uh, these messages, sometimes it's just uh, what a prophetic, you understand? And sometimes what it's talking about is not in this life. Now, let me give you an example. Now, people go and read Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are uh, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. People go there and read, Come unto me, if you have your, your burden, uh, you know, uh, bring them to me. The question, what burden is Jesus talking about? Is it your barrenness? Is it uh, uh the, the cancer you have? Uh is it the, the blindness you have or the deafness or is it your 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 uh, the cripple that you have that uh Jesus is asking you to bring uh the cripple to uh, him so that he can heal him? No, what Jesus meant was that any problem you have. That is a sin problem. He's talking about sin. Jesus is ready to offload these problems from you, this sin from you. And indeed, Jesus did it by carrying it on the Calvary cross. So if you hear this message that, come unto me, if you have labor or you have heavy load, come and I'll give you rest. He's not saying that uh, the, the the suffering you have if you come, I'll take the suffering from you, so that if you become Christian, you don't suffer. That is not what the test is. An example, uh, another example is First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, which says, cast all your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares. Yes, Jesus Christ cares, but what burden is he talking about? Another one is uh, Revelation chapter 24, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears. From your eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, uh, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. Now, people read all these passages and they, you know, uh, said to themselves, Well, this is what the Bible is saying. So, uh, why should I have sorrow? Why should I have tears? Why should I have pains? Now, this has been taken out of context. What John was saying here was not giving you hope in this present world. The tears that will be wiped away, your sorrow, which will be turned to, uh, 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 will be done away, and your crying that will be done away, and there will be no pain, no death. He was talking about after this life. These are going to be in heaven, but not in this life. So if you go and read these passages, and then you start questioning God, God, you say, if I come to you, all my tears will go away. If I come to you, my burdens will be removed, and I have this illness, and I've been praying over and over, and it is still there. My brother, it's because you have misunderstood the test. And that is why you're having that kind of false hope. That is not what God you know, tells you. It is you that has misinterpreted the, 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 the test. Now, remember that suffering problems are going to be with humans as long as we live. In this planet they are not going to go away but there's a promise that God is going to open a way for us then we come today uh, 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 that part then we find out if we have problems and suffering today indeed we know we are going to stay with this as long as we live here as long as we live, we're going to stay with them but what about if it become unbearable? What do we do? Now we come there. Now, point number three is false prophets and the so-called men of God use tricks, mind reading, and psychology, philosophical and sugar-coated messages, and some even go to the extent of using occultic powers to create an impression that they have solution. To your problem. And that is why. You are chasing these people. In fact. They don't have. Anything. That they can do to help you. You yourself can testify that. You've been going. Every day they are giving you. Florida water they are giving you. This anointing oil they are giving you. Everything. But your problem is still there. Because. Christ has not promised you. That your problems are going to go away. Now, if you read the Bible and the cripple was healed, the blind saw, if you read the Bible and the lame walk, if you read the Bible and the lady who has been bleeding for 12 years was healed, and you think that is the reason why Jesus Christ came, you are wrong. Those things Jesus did. Was you know to confirm that he Jesus is God, He's all powerful, He can do everything, and also to bring the attention of His audience to Himself so that they will listen to His message. Is the message that Jesus want to, wanted to carry across? That is why He did those miracles to bring attention to Himself. The apostles did these miracles to bring people attention to the message. So now that the message, the good news is written in the Bible and you have them in your homes, you don't need those miracles because it is not the miracles that will save you. It is the good news that you will believe and it is that that saves you. If you read Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul says this gospel is the one That saves us. You understand? The question is if you have a problem. And you are a Christian. So are you going to stay with this problem? Yes of course. That problem you stay in it. But you can still. You know worship God. Let me tell you. God moved with Israel. For so many. Hundreds of years. Right? God moved with Israel. But the question is. God himself was walking among the Israelites. So are you telling me that there were no cripples among them? There were no those who are blind? There were not those who are, have leprosy? There were no those with challenging you know, uh, uh, diseases or something like that? Did God remove all of them? Is that the reason why God walked with Israel? No. Now when Jesus Christ came, the people that he healed... Those that uh, 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 um, Jesus removed their problems were just few people. Just to bring the message to people's doorsteps. If they saw those, uh, what do you call it, miracles, so that they can pay attention to it. You understand? When Jesus left, even among his own disciples, there were some who have trouble, still have trouble. Remember? They came to Jesus and asked, Lord, we have left everything and follow you. What at all are we going to have? Because they followed Jesus for three good years and they want to hear Jesus if Jesus was going to give them something that will help them to comfort them in this uh, earth. But that was not the reason why Jesus Christ came. Jesus told them that if You have left all these things and follow me then you have to be assured that you will get it when here no 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 in the new life you understand so christians my brothers and sisters let's understand the scriptures that way so that we don't you know wear ourselves out because of the problems we have because Whatever situation you find yourself, whether you are a blind person, whether you are crippled, whether you have any disease at all, still God expects you to worship Him. You don't want to be a complete person with no problem at all before you can worship God. That is not how it is. So, you have to, you know, understand it. Yesterday, uh, I think three days, uh, two days ago, I watched a video from... Internet, and uh, it says a uh, uh, quarter TV or so, and I saw uh, people being beaten. Why were they beaten? They say these people are saved, uh, uh, self acclaimed pastors who have duped their church members. Thousands of cities. Why? Because he promised them that he's going to help them. There's a lady who you know, gave this pastor about 75,000 cities because the pastor, the so-called pastor promised her that uh, her problems is going to solve for them. Has this pastor got answer? Has he had any answer to your problem? No. Why are you chasing them and giving them your money? And that is why these pastors, the so-called pastors, for me, they are not people from God. For me, These people, they are all thieves that are jammed into Christianity and destroy Christianity. Those people who do not know Christ, especially the atheists, look at the behavior of these people and they think that is Christianity. That is not. I can tell you that what is being practiced today is not Christianity. If you want proper Christianity, you look into the New Testament and see the way the apostles, you know, uh, conduct themselves, then you can know proper Christianity. So, why are these people being beaten? They call themselves pastors and men of God, but they have taken the, 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 the church members' money and now they are chasing them and beating them. Because... Church members have problems. and They have given him uh, them money thinking that they are going to remove their problem. You see, that's your problem. You said you are going to church because of Christ. But you are going to give your money to that pastor. And you think he has a solution for you. Because you have misread the scriptures. Thinking that if you have a problem, you have to go to church so that your problem will be solved. Now, what do you do in times of suffering and problem? What do you do? I think we'll talk about this, then we'll end here. Number one, you have to accept that suffering and challenges are part of human life. You have to accept it. Any problem you are encountering, any suffering, any pain, any tears in your eye, take it that, This is part of human life. It started from the Garden of Eden and going to stay with us until Jesus takes us off this earth. You see, people wear themselves up and compound their problems because they find it difficult to accept the problems they have. Now, if you don't accept the problems you have, you always compound your problems. That's point number one. Point number two, patience and perseverance are the keys to our suffering. Point number two, James says, if you read James chapter 1, verse 3, verse 2 to 3, James says, My brethren, count it joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. We have many problems. Yes but why should we count it a joy who tells you that suffering and problems are something you know nice to the extent that we have to count it a joy but that is what the apostle is telling you because the apostle know that these problems are not going to go as long as humans are on this earth remember in genesis chapter 2 uh, chapter 3 the ground was cursed after man fell into sin so from that time humans have had these problems this suffering with us and those people who you know don't uh, accept the challenges that we have try to find a quick means to bring comfort to themselves they end up causing a lot of problems to themselves so james says count it a joy And be patient. Don't rush when you have these problems. Please be patient and give God that chance. Though he's not going to remove all your suffering away from you, but he has a way of helping you so that you can endure. Remember, Jesus suffered. The apostles also suffered. The early disciples, the same thing. So those people who are thinking that becoming Christian or your problems will be gone, ask yourself, what about Jesus himself? What about the apostles? They live with Jesus for three good years. And after Jesus even have left them, they were with the Holy Spirit, but still they found themselves a lot of problems. Do you know how these apostles were treated? All of the apostles, they died in the hands of man. Some were beheaded, some were crucified, some were cut open to, and some were put in a a, a lion's den, and some were put in oil and burned, and some were, you know, uh, used as a torch. The question is, Why did they suffer like that? And where was God when this was going on? God is there. God is there. Ask yourself, where was God when his son was on the cross suffering? The same place, God was there. But what God is going to give you is better than what you think you have today. It's important you think about heaven rather than, you know, wearing yourself out with these problems that you have today. And the last one that I'll tell you if you have a problem is that you need to focus on the promise of a better life in heaven. That is what Moses did. Moses endured suffering with his people because he aimed at the price ahead. Probably, if you are not Christian, you will not understand this. Why? James is saying that we should count it a joy. Now, for me, being a Christian, I understand it. I have my own problem. But I don't allow the problem to wear me down. Because I know, the one I have believed, that he has promised me a better life somewhere. So, I prefer to go through... Uh, the problems I have in this earth, so that I can gain a better life. And that is exactly what uh, Moses did. Now, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, now listen. He says, He, Moses, considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Remember, Moses was, uh, he became part of the Egyptian kingdom, right? So Moses was also uh, part of the throne that he was, uh, you know, uh, Pharaoh's daughter's child. So he was part of the throne. But in actual fact, he saw himself as an Israelite. And he saw how his brothers and sisters are suffering. So he just dumped everything, the royalties, he dumped all the royalties. And said, I prefer to go and suffer with my people because he saw the price ahead being better than royalties of what Egypt. And that is what he's saying here that he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. So, yes, there may be pain, agony, torture, suffering, there may be a uh, 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 mirage of what uh, problems that you have. There may be a myriad of problems that you have. But you have to consider the promise that God has given you. And don't let this take you away from God. So look at the price, focus on that, and don't allow your trouble to wear you down. Now, Paul assures Christians, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul says, there's no temptation that has overtaken you. That is not common to man. Paul says, all the problems that suffer everything you are facing today is common to human. It's common to mankind. But he said, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Which means all the temptation, the suffering we, we have now, God knows it. He's considered that. And it's not something that is going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we can. So any problem you have today is within the circles of human. So it's not outside that you, your problem is you know uh, more than everyone's. No, Paul said they are common to man, and he continued by saying that uh, uh, and he uh, but with the temptation. He will also provide a way of escape. Sometimes people read here and then when they get here, they stop. With temptation, God will provide a way of escape. Escape to where? Continue. If you continue, that you may be able to enjoy it. So you are not going to run away from these suffering, the problems in this world. What God is going to do is to help you so that you can endure it. He will help you to enjoy it so that you can worship him. It is important that in any situation that you find yourself, you can still worship your God. Remember, if you read Luke chapter 16, there was a man who the Bible described, he called him as Lazarus. And this man was so poor to the extent that he can only get food to eat from the table Of the rich man. After the rich man has finished eating. And all these leftovers on the table. This man will go. And get something to eat. But even that. It wasn't easy. Because he was struggling with the dog over there. But this man. Died. And the story is. When he died. Angels carried him to the bosom of uh, father Abraham. This man was poor. But Bible did not say that he was taken out of his poverty. He died in his poverty. But the good news is his soul was saved. So if we don't understand the situation like that, and we think we want solution to our problem, we will continue to chase these false prophets and false teachers, and they will continue to milk us, to milk our pocket, because they don't have answers for you. The Bible says God will provide a way so that you can endure this suffering. And when you become victorious, you'll be rewarded. Now, not here in the text that it doesn't promise Christians any immunity from suffering or pain. It doesn't say that. But what it does say is God will, take, uh, 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 God will provide a way that you may be able to endure this now, it is important to also know that Paul described this temptation as one common to man. So, all the problems we have, they are common to man. Now, James continued by saying that, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed are you, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Do you understand that? He didn't say, Jesus is going to remove your problem. He said blessed is the man who remains steadfast you have to continue in this trial in this suffering and when you stood uh, when uh, you stand the test then you will receive the crown of life you see and he continued by saying that you receive the crown of life which God has promised those who uh, love him now and he said let no one see when he is tempted and being tempted by God. So oftentimes you hear even some Christians say that, oh, this is temptation from God. Ah, uh, Oh, it is God who gave it and now is, you know, tempting you. And God, the Bible, if you continue, the Bible says that God doesn't, you know, tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt anyone. It's Satan who tempts people. You understand there's difference between testing your faith and tempting you. Temptation lead one into sin, and God will not tempt any human being, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, God does not tempt you, but rather if Satan want to challenge God that this person is worshiping you because you have blessed him, and God will allow satan to do whatever he want like job's uh, 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 case you understand because satan challenged god that job is worshiping him because he made him rich and god said whatever you want you try job and see he will not leave me and job you know suffered this in the hands of the devil but god you know took away all these problems and installed back sevenfold of what job has lost so the bible says that uh, if you continue it says, let no one say when he's tempted that i'm being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil and he god himself tempts no one do you understand that I'm reading James chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. If you continue to said that, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. You see, one point that people don't know is some of the sufferings and temptation we have on ourselves, it is our own generation. We generated that. Why? You are poor and you want to become rich overnight. You don't accept your situation. Because somebody is living in a loser life, you want to be with that pe- you want to be like that person. So what do you do? You will do everything under the earth. And they will ask you even to provide human life for richer money. You're going to do it. So you see, you're combining your problem, and then here you go and kill somebody and you are arrested. From your poverty to arrest. So James is saying that these temptations sometimes we have is because of our own desire. What we desire for things that are not there. We force ourselves. And that leads us into more severe problems. He said, then desire, when it becomes confi- uh, conceived, give birth to sin. And when the sin is fully grown, brings death. The wages of sin is death. So many people are going to face judgment because they are not content with what they have. And they are chasing all these kind of worldly things and they end themselves up in where they shouldn't go. Now, to conclude, my dear brothers, Like Moses, I will advise us let us look forward to the heavenly uh, home where there will be no sorrow, where there will be no pain, where there will be no death. Please let us look to that and let us not, you know, wear ourselves out because I'm poor, because I'm childless, because you think you are childless. Oh, I've married. For 5 years, 10 years, there's no child. So I have to go every you know, length to get a child. And you'll be chasing these kind of false prophets. And you see a married lady, because he want a child, you see a man of God, the so-called man of God, will go and bath these ladies in the stream. And married, because you want a child. To the extent that sometimes they end up in their beds because you want a child and you call this Christianity. No, this is devil at work. Devil is destroying Christianity. I have, you know, a video uh, on my Facebook page. You can search for that. I mean, the proliferation of churches satan's strategy to destroy christianity look what you see being practiced today is not christianity go into the new testament and find the proper christianity the way it is practiced all this kind of uh, uh what do you call it uh, prophets men of god and one more churches i mean it's only today that man can establish a church and call and say, "I'm the general overseer, the founder." You don't find this in the Bible. There's no way in the Bible that anybody established church apart from Jesus Himself. Not even the apostles, not any prophet. Read from Genesis to Revelation and tell me if human being established a church apart from Jesus Christ. But what do you find today? People establishing their own churches because of money, and people are following them. Because they have problems. They want their problems to go. And that is how. Brothers and sisters, if you get time, visit the Church of Christ. The aim of the Church of Christ is not to take away your problems. We don't do magic in our churches. We don't call people to bring their problems. We don't give you uh, anointing oil to go and make your, your, your marriage Uh, good or something like that but what we can provide you is to teach you the true doctrine of our lord jesus christ and how you will be saved in the next life that is what we teach you yes we members of the churches of christ we also have our problems but as paul said we have agreed that these problems are that of humans so stay with us but we still worship our god because we are not chasing material things in this world we want to go to heaven so please visit the church of christ let us help you to get your salvation and stop chasing things that are not there because the problems is going to stay in it understand that and worship god in truth and spirit god bless you that you will follow me please share my videos as many as you can yes there's problem God is still there but he has not promised us he's going to take our problems away don't let people deceive you using the pulpit and say come your blessings in the other way why should you suffer you are a Christian why should you become poor all those people they are crooks they are not Christians the fact that they are holding Bible they are wearing coats and tie, doesn't mean they are Christians. Look at the lifestyle they lead. The shoe they wear can be a capital for somebody. But you go to them and then the little that you have, you give to them too. Tomorrow, they are worthy and you still stay in your poverty. God bless you.